Welcome to the Rocky and Meisty Show. We're glad to have you with us. We apologize for the long hiatus, but we are back at it and um, here to talk about the Ravens. This, this podcast is going to be a bit different. We're not going to do the standard podcast lines and we go through the fantasy, fantasy updates. We're going to talk about the Baltimore Ravens football. A lot of you have been asking for that. So that's what we're going to gear toward this game. We obviously have a lot to talk about. Last week against the Titans, the struggles. They've lost three out of the last four games. Lamar does not look like a shell of himself, uh, or as at least what he did, what he looked like last year, both on the ground and through the air. So, you know, we, we're gonna, we want to talk about all these different things. And uh, as a result, we want to bring on a special guest, Yehuda Abaddon, who at this point is not really a guest. He's really a part of the show. So, hey, um, thanks, Rocky. Thank, <laughs> thank you for, for coming on. Thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. He also has a lot of insight when it comes to the Baltimore Ravens. And uh, obviously, Meisty does as well. Always the, the, the OG Rock Meisties. So let's get started. Let's, get, let's dive right into it. Uh, Lamar Jackson, where do you want to start, Meisty? You, you tell me. Where, where with Lamar do you want to start? He's a hot topic in the NFL right now. He's been for the last couple of years. We start when it comes to this guy. I think that Lamar Jackson is fine. And I tell people this all the time. I said this before this season. It's it's 2020. It's the year of just absolute craziness. It's wild. It's, you know, it is what it is. So for Lamar Jackson to not play last year, he was literally the best player out there. I mean, obviously Mahomes was Mahomes and, and everyone else was themselves, but but Lamar was the best player. And, and for him to go from the best to just garbage, it doesn't happen. It's an off year. I think part of it is he's missing the fans. Um, I think that he, he, he feeds off the fans. Um, other than that, it's, it's interesting. Lamar Jackson, there's so much. It's so interesting. He, you thought like, hey, he's working on his throw now. And then his throws aren't getting there. You know, okay, so while his throws aren't getting there, let's run the ball more. No, they're still throwing the ball. They're still attacking the throw. Running it a tiny bit more. But teams know then the run is coming. Yeah, think, so. yeah. so I, I, I want to ask you, Huda, because I, I, it, the question becomes, is the decline in Lamar's play a result of no practice, no preseason? A lot of people are speculating that because I think that the performance in the NFL as a whole has been at a lower level this year. And you can attribute that to anything, but do you think that in specific, that's, that's, that's why Lamar Jackson has seen a decline this year? And, and do you think that it's, it's, it's going to sustain itself? Do you think that, like Meisty said, it's going to continue or he'll be fine? Yeah, well, I think the problem mainly, like you said, there, there has been a decline in NFL play, but I think it's actually been, like on the defensive side, I guess defense needs more time together to gel and play together. You know, they need that preseason. And they didn't get it. So offenses have been lighting it up. And the Ravens just haven't been up to that historic level as they were last year. Like, people don't realize that they literally had the best rushing offense of all time last year. And now there's going to be some regression. And he's going to come back to earth. And he's missing Yonda. You know, Boyle just got injured recently. You know, best, some people say, best blocking tight end in the game. So the offense just hasn't gelled as well. Hasn't been, the O-line hasn't been as stout as last year. So there's, there's just going to be some regression. But... Everyone likes, you know, keyboard warriors, quote unquote. They love to say, Lamar, you know, he's he's a running back. We've all seen that that meme, you know, not bad for running back. But um, yeah. yeah, he'll be fine. And I always say, like, you can teach you can teach passing. You might not be able yeah. to teach Drew Brees type accuracy, 
but like you can't teach his elite level quickness and and feet like it's it's incredible the, the moves he can make and i think that he really can just he can get better and as uh, people like to point out he's still younger than joe burrow you know like he he's been the air in the league for two and a half years and he's younger than joe burrow like it's crazy True. That's an underrated fact about Lamar Jackson. And you mentioned the regression in the running game. I want to point out, do you know, Meisty and Yehuda, a little quiz, do you know who the number one rushing team in the league is right now? Anyone know? I'm going to have to go Rams. Baltimore Ravens. Oh, no. <laughs> wow. Rushing team in the league right now happens to be. Um, they are averaging <laughs> over 160 yards a game. So there is a regression in the rushing game. Why? Because they rushed at a historically high level last year. Yep. They averaged 206 yards per game as a team, which is unbelievable. Over 200 yards. No other team even eclipsed 150. So I think the regression is not necessarily a result of the lack of performance in the running game. It's more just, they, like you said, they killed teams last year. Their rushing game was playing at a historically high level. And really, they fed off that. Like, they, they, they got up early. And after that, the defense was, was, was really, you know, top five defense in the league throughout the year where, you know, once they got up by 17-20, you weren't coming back against this team. And Lamar Jackson was spectacular holding on to leads because once he has a lead, as a lot of people like to point out around, you know, me, around sports media, once he has a lead, Lamar can play through his game. He can rush the ball. He can pass. He doesn't have to look at his first, second, third read. He doesn't have to be a pass first guy. So I think that's a great point. Like, you know, you have to compare, you have to look at, okay, yes, there's been a regression in the rushing game. There's been a regression in Lamar's play. But what, we knew they weren't going to play as well as they did last year. It was nearly impossible for that to happen. So it's a yeah. bit of a reaction to what the, uh, the sports media world has been saying, but there's, cer- there's certainly concern. There's been injuries. There's a lot of uh, COVID-related you know, related things this, uh, this week. And you know, at the end of the day, they've lost three out of the last four games to tough teams, but they've lost three out of the last four games. And they're looking, they're on the outside of the playoff picture looking in. So they are going to have to go on a string of wins, even though they have a pretty easy schedule, but they're still going to have to win, pull some games together. So I think that, um, you know, again, in summary, I agree with all of you. Lamar will be fine. Um, he's still going to have to prove to the rest of the league that, okay, let, let's see what happens next year. Let's see what happens. We want our years down the line. Will he earn that big, that big cash? Because you got to remember, sure. he has left in that contract because he has that, that, that fifth option because he was a first round pick. So will he earn that money? That's something we're going to have to see going down the stretch. But um, the question I, I want to say is, do you think he's a guy that can play from behind? Like, we know that last year when they had the lead, he was a spectacular player and he earned the MVP award because he can play his game, as the old cliche goes. But, Meisty, I'll start with you. Do you think he does have the wherewithal to play from behind? Personally, I mean, I'm slowly starting to question it. I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I think he does, and I think everyone does. I, I, I think it was you who told me that, you know, a guy like Peyton Manning struggled from behind for most of his beginning of his career. Um, he struggled in the playoffs for his career, you know. The, LeBron James struggled in the playoffs. Jordan struggled in the playoffs, and guys are going to struggle. Okay, obviously nope. I just said some of the greatest names in sports, but let's be <laughs> yeah. real. Uh, you know, okay, but, guys, you know, players are going to struggle. Um, you know, Carson Wentz has a huge contract, but he's, he's, he's got the, he's got, but he's the most inconsistent player out there. Right. And, and and all these guys. So, so Lamar Jackson should be fine. It's a learning, it's a learning experience. He's, he was definitely not NFL ready when he came in his first year. He's learning the coaching staff is definitely getting him ready. 
I, I wouldn't point fingers at any blame. I would just roll to whether you where, wherever they finish this year, whether they win. I mean, obviously, if they win the Super Bowl, that's the goal. But if they if they lose in the playoffs, if they miss the playoffs, just roll into the next year. Don't don't bust down the team and start over because oh, Lamar Jackson can't come from behind. No, come. Let's be real here. Let's let just go roll into the next year, twenty twenty one. Start over. Boom. Not there, but yeah. just keep it rolling. Yeah. Oh, hopefully we won't have to to start over. I mean, because you know this season isn't over. We still got a chance to make the play. The Ravens still have a chance to make the playoffs. But Rocky, as you were saying, like we all know, you know he he, he plays well with the lead. But but like I really think you know he seems to be one of the most over analyzed, if not the most over analyzed quarterback. I mean, the fact that we're even doing that right now, but it is a Ravens podcast. But still, like uh, the the graphic for uh, the Ravens Titans game. You know, they're like this, this many rec- wins and losses when he's ahead by 10 points at halftime, this many when he's losing, like they Crazy. analyze every single game uh, that he's played. He's only played in like 25, 26 career games. <laughs> and he's still like, even from, from day one, you know, they're asking about the combine. Would you ever consider a shift to wide receiver? Like it was just disrespectful at, at the combine. He's like, I'm, I'm a quarterback. I'm not, I'm not playing wide receiver, <laughs> but yeah, like if he can, if he can improve his game, but I, I think the, the most concerning part that we were saying about these losses, as you said, they are reeling three out of four get losses out of the past four games because those are the top the top tier teams. Like if you want to say you want to be be in the top tier of AFC contenders, you got to beat the Chiefs, lost the Chiefs. You got to you got to beat the Steelers. They, beat, they lost to the Steelers. Hopefully we'll see what they can do on Thanksgiving. But even the you know, even the Titans. They they um, lost them as well, huge losses, and there seems right now like they're showing that they're a tier below these these top teams in the AFC. Yeah, and and it, it, they lost to the Titans last weekend. That 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 was an interesting one because I I, I just pointed out. Do you think Lamar can you know play from behind? Guess what he yeah. did last. Week? I think a very underrated part about last week's game is that he put the team on the back with under two minutes and drove right down the field. That was an impressive. Exactly. No, he didn't finish it off. He should have. He should have. But the big question always is run the two-minute drill effectively, which is exactly what he did, albeit against a poor Titans defense. But th- that's exactly what he did. And nobody, for, for whatever reason, because the Ravens lost the game, nobody wanted to point that out. Nothing. For the first time in his career, he actually played from behind and played a good second half. That dime to Mark Andrews over the left, left side of the field, that touchdown pass was unbelievable. And this, the long third-down conversion to Andrews was a great pass as well two great passes that really kept them in that football game. Other than one disastrous throw, he played a very polished and good game. But nobody wants to look at that. As So long as the Ravens continue to lose, the blame will be on him. And at the end of the day, the blame, this was not his fault. Freak things happened in this game. Seven missed tackles from A.J. Brown himself. A.J. Brown for seven missed tackles himself. And those seven tackles, I believe, came in just two plays. So, you know, freak things happen. Crazy. In, in three plays, right, right, good, right, right. In three plays, and, and in the Steelers game as well, they had control of that game and, and, and blew it. And, you know, they, they were extremely competitive in those two games. So I, I don't think it's that they're so, so far below those teams. And I still think they're on the same, you know, they're on the same playing field as the Titans. But I don't think they're so far below the Steelers. But like you said, a tier below. The question is, when it comes playoff time, I mean, it's hard to know because we haven't seen much of a Lamar in the playoffs. But when it comes down to it, will they – are they Super Bowl contenders this year still? Like, okay, I, we know they're playoff contenders. We know there's a good chance they're still going to make the playoffs. Are they Super Bowl contenders? Can they beat the Steelers? Can they beat the Chiefs? 
Don't don't know right now if they can beat the Chiefs. Unfortunately, it's it's really really bad to hear Lamar himself say Chiefs are a kryptonite. Like that that's never a good sign uh, for for me personally. Like I know he plays with a lot of passion, and you can see him get visibly upset. I remember last year when he threw that pick on the Titans game in the playoffs. Like he was he was pissed. Or to, pardon my French, but <laughs> he was he was mad and. And to hear him say um, things like, and after the Titans game, they wanted it more than us, or um, Chiefs are a kryptonite. I hope that's a motivational tactic for his team, because otherwise that can be a little damaging, you know, to the confidence of a young quarterback who is the, you know, the young leader of this team. Like I, I still have high hopes for this team, and if they can pull off a victory against the Steelers, really, really shorthanded because of all their COVID. Um, players on reserve that would be uh pretty incredible yeah yeah no i, I absolutely agree and, and that's a big factor as well right the, the injuries mice do you want to get in a word yeah i just i was just looking at like clutch quarterbacks and, and lists and people I, I i mean who are these people to say who's the clutch quarterbacks and i mean they, they have their stats backed up you know if i read the whole article but i was just looking at different people and the, the names on these lists and to say that lamar jackson's not Outside of Brady and Breeze, there's no quarterback that has played in 20 years, 30 years almost. It's been 20 years at least since one of these quarterbacks have played. It was it was showing John Unitas was on there, Joe Montana's on there. It's like okay, that's like the you know like uh, the funny part is there's Jay Cutler was on there. So you know no because they say because if you look at the numbers, but if I said it's something about a lot of rushing, it was a, a lot of it comes to the rushing, but he's had the clutch two minute drill. Come back, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. That's a narrative he's going to have to. In order to remove that narrative, he's going to have to prove it over and over again. I know this was really the first time he ran the two minute drill effectively in his entire career. It 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 this proves the biggest doubt about him thus far. I mean, the second to biggest behind performing the playoffs. But you know, he's he's going to have to do that more consistently. And I think what's gone on the radar this year is that people think Lamar Jackson's rushing game isn't as effective. Yes, again, to the first point we said. Compared to last year, of course not. I mean, the guy, the guy was a rushing machine last year. He, he ran for 100 yards in multiple games. I mean, so he only has one game for rushing over 100 yards. But you have to remember, he's still by far the second highest behind Kyler Murray, most rushing yards yeah. in the league quarterback. He's, he's top 15 in the league for rushing yards, number 14 to be exact. That's including running backs. That's, that's an incredible mark for a quarterback. In 2020, I guess it's not as impressive. But, you know, it, like, for example, Kyler Murray, everyone's raving about his rushing in this year. And, yeah. and right so. But he's 11th in the league in rushing yards with 619. Incredible number. Don't get me wrong. But Lamar was way higher than that, had a way higher pace than that last year if he ten games. And he missed three games if he, if he tallied up. So, um, you know, it, it, again, it was historical. It was historical. And when you're comparing it to historical highs, it's just not going to be as impressive. And the numbers aren't going to be as impressive. But I wanted, to, I wanted to shift gears to the defensive side of things because we, we, we can talk Lamar There's a lot to talk there. But... Yeah, I, I think people are starting to get concerned about the Ravens defense again. That, that What happened against the Titans was a freak thing. You don't miss tackles like that every week. It's not going to happen. If you play that game 10 times, they, they probably win at least eight, you know, because it, freak things happen, you know. And, and I, I, I want to get your opinion on this. Um, we'll start with you, Yehuda. Like, do you, how, much, how much of an overreaction do you think people are – when it comes to the defense, how much do you think people are overreacting on that? Yeah, I mean – uh, 
the so-called quote unquote casual football fan will see the the Derrick Henry walk off touchdown and be like, you know, Ravens did it again. They can't stop him. Um, no rush defense. He ran all over them. But if you look at the numbers, you'll see that, you know, they were holding him down. They were holding him to, I think, below four yards, uh, yards per carry before he just exploded at the end of the fourth quarter and, and uh, overtime. But obviously that's not something that you can, you can say, you know, that, that still happened. They did give up the game-winning rushing touchdown in overtime, but they were missing Brandon Williams, Calais Campbell, two huge run stuffers, huge playmakers. And it's just, if you look at the numbers without when the Ravens run defense with, with Brandon Williams and then without, it's just absolutely staggering the effect that he has on their run defense. And missing those top two guys, missing LJ Fort in the Patriots game. So they, they had some issues coverage, you know, covering line um, running backs and whatnot. They, the defense just, you know, it's not as healthy. So, for people overreacting, saying that this Ravens uh, defense is not what it once was, it's still a bit of an overreaction. And like like we said last year, they they enjoyed you know mostly healthy season. Like the entire team was was healthy for most of the year, besides for like Tavon Young who injured himself in the preseason. So that's unfortunately we're not, the Ravens do not have that same injury luck again. And you know regression, if injury regression, if you can call that, and they're yeah. they're averaging out a little bit, but. But the um, the the notion to think that the Ravens' defense is not what it once was, I think, is a little bit of an overreaction. And I think that the injury regression, maybe, even if you don't want to attribute the lack of play around the league, and specifically with the Ravens, to the coronavirus, perhaps you could do that with the injuries, right? Because they didn't have training camp. They didn't have um, – they weren't able to warm up their muscles, let's say, in the same fashion that they would be able to throughout the rest of the year. What do you think about that, Meisty? I definitely with that last part there that the, the injuries this year have tallied. And I think the NFL has hit record injury numbers already. Is that um, right? I think so. I think the, the, the numbers are extreme. Well, if you count the, the guys kind of going in and on and off the COVID list, so I don't really know if it's what it's counting. Um, right. but I know it's record number. I mean, that, that one week hit the record number just in, in a week for guys being, you know, ruled out for the season. There was 12 guys ruled out in one week for the season. But going on the Ravens' defense, I mean, th- that last tackle where in, in, in regular time, he, he was trying to punch the ball out. I want to say it was Marlon Humphrey was trying to punch the ball out. Just make the tackle. Please just make the tackle. Um, yeah. So Mark Peters missed Yeah. He, he was the worst victim on that play. He opinion. looks he looks a little afraid to tackle sometimes. Like I mean, maybe I would I would too if I'm five ten, five eleven, only one ninety, and I'm trying to tackle a guy who's two hundred fifty pounds. But like you got to be cornerback. You got to come up and hit somebody. Like, no, what's his name? Oh, what was that hit last night? The guy in the Buccaneers came up on on Daryl Henderson. Did you see that hit? The cornerback. They just let him free, and he. I'm looking it up right now. Keep yeah. Um, but either way, <laughs> please do. Uh, it's going to be hard to find. It was at the goal line. The Rams right at the goal line. I want to say it was in the second quarter because I fall asleep about, about then. So. Okay, we'll have to look it up later. We'll have to look it up um, later. Either way, the Ravens' defense is fine. And I was just looking it up with Yehuda. The, the, the defense gives up, and fantasy-wise, they give up the least amount of points. So that means they're just not giving up receptions. That means they're not giving up the yards. That means they're not giving up the touchdowns. They're not the number one team, whatever, but they're up there. They're top five or – so that defense is fine. They're not, like I said, they're not giving up the yards. They're they're bent. 
the Ravens have been since day one, nineteen, you know, ninety six. They've been bend but don't break defense, and they'll continue to be that way. And the struggles are fine, and no one's complaining about the struggles. I mean, people are complaining about the struggles, but the struggles aren't, you know, so bad as as bad as they could be. The Ravens should be fine with their defense. It's a, it, they have a great. It's a, I mean, this is not the bounce back week, but if there's a week to to come big and play strong, oh, it's a week. Oh, it's a week for that defense to bounce back. And uh, they might be have to do it without some of the key players. I think Pernell McPhee's already Next out. Next man up. Next man right. up. Who else? Calais Campbell. A few big defensive defensive um, pieces are, are missing for this game. I don't remember the list. But there are five players that test positive for COVID. And the NFL warned that if any more test positive, then they might have to postpone the game, which they won't do. Thanksgiving night is is prime time. That's the epitome of regular season football. Like, that, that, that is probably the most coveted time slot in the entire throughout the entire regular season, other than maybe week 17 Sunday night football. Maybe like crazy because I think at this point for the Ravens, they, they kind of want a uh, you know a suspension or a postponement of the game because as much as you're saying, like that Thanksgiving night is is the game, um, they they're missing Dobbins, Ingram, Pernell McPhee. I saw a report that that more players could still potentially be listed. And it, it is still possible, as of the recording of this on Tuesday night, it's still possible that the the game could be postponed. And for the Ravens, that actually might be, you know, might be a plus. It might be a positive for them. But um, they might just try I, to push it through. I have to interrupt. I got to ask this. I'm looking at the injury report. How was Mark Andrews limited participant in walkthrough today? Wasn't walkthrough all on Zoom? Okay, so he didn't trust yeah. right, <laughs> yeah, the estimate they estimate the walkthrough. They're like, you probably would have been limited. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right, I just had to check. I just want to make sure I'm not like crazy seeing things here. Um, um, and, and and before you move on from the defense, I, I wanted to point out that statistically the defense is fine this year in terms of yards. You mentioned the the, the injury rushing game. That's been their biggest weakness this year. They're 16th right in the middle in the league when it comes to rushing yards as much as much of an indication yards is I don't know but if you just want to look at the yards or 16th passing yards are only eighth and in yards in general they're only eighth and they've allowed the third fewest points in the league so this statistically they're still a top 10 defense there's no question about it and with all the pieces healthy I mean the talent is, is undisputable on the back end with Marlon Humphrey Jimmy Smith and Tavon Young obviously missing this year but when you have all those guys healthy and Brandon Carr who came through last year and had a great had a great season. So you know, like they have a lot of depth there, and even with the with, even in the middle, Patrick Queen, the rookie, and Brandon Williams, Pernell McPhee now having Ngakwe and and Calais Campbell to rush the passer. Like the pass rush has gotten a little better. You've seen that Ngakwe got in Tannehill a few times. It was visible. Yep. First sack. Yeah, he's a good player. He's a very good player. Um, they're older, Calais Campbell. They're definitely veterans, but they can still rush the passer at a high level. So yeah, I, I'm not concerned about the defense either. Um, but I'm concerned. I'm not concerned about the talent that they have. I'm concerned about the injuries that they've suffered because at the end, of, that's inevitable. Okay, when you lose Brandon Williams, like you said, I, I don't know how valuable in general Brandon Williams is outside of the rushing game. But he's extremely valuable when it comes to run stopping. He's not really. He can't really rush the passer much. But when it comes to run stopping, he's extremely valuable, and, and it shows. Right, the Ravens are. Are, are not not as good at stopping the run as they were last year. And and the, the middle of the defensive line, it, when when you're missing those pieces, it's going to make a difference. And this week without Pernell McPhee and Brandon Williams again, I believe, right? Brandon Williams is missing again. Oh, I think I, 
What? Yeah, most likely. Right. He's going to miss it again. And maybe even Calais Campbell again. I mean, at the end of the day, the Steelers have a very good have have a very good offensive line. They're going to be able to protect Big Ben, and they should be able to create yards on the ground. So Lamar's going to have to pick up. Like if they want to win this game, Lamar is really going to going to <laughs> going to have to pick up this game. You know, I don't as as good as the defense is, and I think it's a spectacular defense. It's just too much to endure at this point. You know what I'm saying, Meisty? Yeah. So. First of all, I'm not as worried about James Conner. He seems to be having an off year as well. I'm not worried about him blowing up. The, the, the Steelers' run protection has, has been very good the entire season. Understood. I mean, the Ravens, I mean, like you said, the Ravens are going to struggle. But I'm not worried. James Conner's just kind of been but, – but getting to Big Ben is going to be an issue. Um, but talking about offensive lines, the Ravens' offensive line last week, stellar. A stellar performance. The first sack Lamar got was in over – you know, Lamar took was in overtime. They went the whole four quarters with no sacks. To me, that's a that's that's a good for an offensive line that that was what was all those question marks. You know, Stanley's out. This so so. I just want to say the Ravens' offensive line has been protecting. They're going to keep protecting. That's why I just keep giving them. Lamar has all day to throw. That was just another thing I wanted to say. But um, going on on the Steelers game, this is going to be one of the most interesting. The like this is going to be John Harbaugh. Can you coach? Can you really coach here? Like this is John. This is not the Ravens aren't going to win because they're talent. No, they're, they're clearly out talented this game. They're, they're underdogs to the max in this game. If John Harbaugh can coach them right, they should be able to win this game with ease. You think so? Yes, because I mean, don't get me wrong. It might be a it might be a little bit of a nail biter, but they should be able to win this game if he if he coaches it right. Knock out. He's been getting out coached by all these coaches. Andy Reid out coached him. Bill Belichick outcoached him. You know, he has another good coach that he's going to go up against. I, 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 just, I, I mean, I, I, at full strength, I would certainly lean towards the Ravens, but with all these injuries, I don't know if I could. You know, at the end of the day, the, 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 that Steelers offense it features a lot of playmakers. Look at the, the level that Chase Claypool has been playing recently. Deontay Johnson, I mean, this, and Juju Smith-Schuster, there's so many weapons there. You lose one one piece on the defense, two pieces on the defense. That Steelers defense is going to make you pay. I'm not saying Big Ben's playing at such a high level this year, but he's getting the ball to his playmakers, and his playmakers are making plays, and he's playing at a good enough level where he can take advantage of injuries. And I, I just think the Steelers, uh, the Steelers have one of the most talented overall teams in the league for sure. But their offense, their offense, just on the offensive side of the ball, they've been extremely. There's a reason they're ten and zero this year. There's a reason. It's not. It's not a fluke. I know. They've they've had they've featured been featured in some close games against, for example, the Cowboys, right? Against some bad teams, but they are a very good team. They have one of the best rosters in football. I, I I'm putting it out there right now. They have one of the best rosters in football. You all know what that front seven is. But what's underrated is how much talent they have, especially at the receiving group. I mentioned this many times. Okay, I always say this: the Steelers are the best team that I can remember at generating talent at the receiver. Whenever one guy got, goes out. Another one comes in and is successful. And Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson are no exception. And Big Ben is getting the ball to those guys, and they're succeeding. So I, I, I don't know if I could – it's going to be hard for, for, for anyone to pick the Ravens to win this game. And I think around the globe, nobody's going to pick them. But even for, a ra- for, for, you know, for us, <laughs> as biased as we are, I don't know if a lot of Ravens fans are out whether or not they're going to win this game. Yeah, I mean, I don't – no, as Feisty was saying, I don't know if there's really any chance that the the Ravens would win this game with ease. But but like I definitely agree with you that John Harbaugh needs to put up 
a great coaching job, especially with all these all these guys on the injury report and on the COVID list. And you know, you you in a quote unquote down, downward spiral. You know, you seem to be reeling. If you can put together a road win in Pittsburgh, that would be a defining season turning season turning moment. And um, Ravens won't necessarily go back vault back into many you know, analysts top 10, but they have to be respected and you would have to give them some credit. But even with a loss, I, I still think that, you know, uh, you don't want to make excuses, but, but you will have, you, you will be able to say like, we're missing a lot of key uh, players on defense and a few running backs on offense. So you could just, if the Ravens, you know, do unfortunately lose, they, they could just shake it off and be like, you know, odds were stacked against against us. Let's, let's get a next game. And I think that the schedule really does get easier after after the Steelers game with Cowboys, Browns, Jags, Giants, Bengals. Only one team currently above 500. So they they got to take advantage of that, even if they do lose to the Steelers in what what will still be a hard fought mat- matchup because it always is divisional game. These teams know each other well. Even if, like Feisty was saying, we we do we are you know lacking in talent and we are right now the less talented team, it's still going to be a hard fought game. Um, I currently, I, I hope the Ravens win, but I don't, I don't see the Ravens winning, especially with all the odds stacked against them. But like you said, if John Harbaugh can figure something out in the next three or four days and put together awesome game plan, then, and they, they uh, beat these, their Steelers and, and split with them. That would be a season defining moment. Yeah. And on NFL.com, the Ravens are were ranked six in the power rankings this week, twelve doubled the number. So that's yeah. that's terrible. And without looking, I don't know if anyone saw the line yet for the Ravens Steelers game. But without looking, you mentioned like a lot a lot of people like, do we think they're going to win this game or not? Probably we're not. We're going to predict against them. What what do you think the line is? I didn't see it yet. Did any of you see the line yet? I'm not seeing the line. I just saw I was negative, negative four and a half for the uh, Steelers. Steelers. What do you, remember, they have their home field advantage. What do you got, Macy? Is that what you saw? You you saw four and a half, or you're guessing? Yeah, I just saw that. Just looked it up. Uh, he just saw four and a half. Oh, four and a half. Four and a half with the home field advantage. Yeah. Yeah. I I have a question, a serious question. So I assume that the you know the Steelers beat the 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 football team and they beat the Bengals and they beat the Browns, right? Their only three other games are the Ravens, Bills, Colts. If it's not the Ravens, it's either the Bills or the Colts, and that's it. You yeah. know who Bill, is their team? Is there a team? The Bills can do it. The Colts can do it. But 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 will they? Can right. like do you, do you think they will? What do you think? Steelers go sixteen and zero. Steelers go sixteen and zero. I I don't I don't know if they will, but they could. Hundred percent. They get past the Ravens. I I, I told a few people get knocked down in the first round of the playoffs. They get past the Ravens. They get past the Ravens. Very solid. Chance. I think this is their toughest game. I'm not saying the Ravens are the best team that they're playing throughout the remaining season. I do think they are. But even if they aren't, this is their toughest, toughest. game. For sure. For sure they're tough. It's like because it's a divisional game and there's so much on the line. You know, it's it's Pittsburgh week. It's Baltimore week. It's it is definitely gonna be the most hard fought game. But um like you, you were saying, Rocky, I definitely see them having legit shot at sixteen and zero. If I'm Mike Tomlin and I'm fourteen and zero after, you know, beating Ravens, um, Bills and, and like Browns I think. Um they're fourteen and zero, and they're going into week sixteen playing the Colts. I might think about resting, resting to take a loss because as much as sixteen zero, you know, to go sixteen zero and then nineteen zero is an insane accomplishment. 
there's just enormous amounts of pressure. I mean, I would personally love to see all the pressure placed on the Steelers because I don't know if they would be able to handle it. But if I'm Mike Tomlin, I would probably want to take a loss like the Colts and Saints did back in 2009 when they both started 14-0 and then sat sat their teams, basically their entire first starting team, to, to take a few losses so that there isn't as much pressure. And then they both ended up making the Super Bowl. So there is a little something to be said, but... Is there a reason why you say to to bench the starters versus the Colts over the last actual last week of the season versus the Browns? Well, I mean, they could probably – I mean, the Browns are playing well, but you you always know that the Browns could figure out a way to lose. I understand, but, <laughs> but I'm saying are you going to – are you? I'm saying what you just said was to, to sit Big Ben against the Colts, which is the second to last week of the season, and then, and then start him – against the Browns or also sit him against the Browns? Um, I'd probably sit him twice, maybe give him a series or two. Well, that's three straight weeks you'd be sitting him because if they, right, they'd, they'd probably be the team to get the bye. Yeah, but yeah. the Chiefs are, are one game behind them. And, and mind you, I, I'm not saying the Chiefs have the Chiefs have an up-and-down schedule. For example, Buccaneers next week, then the Broncos, Dolphins, then Saints, then Falcons, Chargers. Chiefs can easily go 5-1 the remains of the season, and there's the Kansas City Chiefs. So yeah, this, it, I think the Chiefs are going to be right there with them till the last week. I don't know if you're going to have that room for, you know, that. that. Okay, so sure. here's our, here, hold on, before you, I just want to bust this out. Okay, so if the Steelers were to go into the Colts at, 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 at undefeated and sit and take the loss, right, as long as they beat the Browns in the last week of the season, they get the tiebreaker because they would have the division over, yeah. the, over the Chiefs who lost to the Raiders. So even no matter what the Chiefs do, the, as long as they beat the Browns, and as long as they beat the Browns in that what last week, they will be fine. Well, no, as long division, as it, no division, division, division record. I believe is not a factor when it comes is to it uh, not? no. It's conference record, and conference record would be tied. So it would go to um, win, win, win percentage. Not win percentage. What's it called? The strength of schedule. I think. Well, no, that's that's the craziest part. Is that if, if the Chiefs are keeping pace with them, they're not going to sit the Colts to to take a loss there and then play for a win for the last game. They're going to be playing until they don't have to win. So the craziest thing about this is like you were saying, Rocky with strength of schedule and everything, if they, if they were to end up 15 and one, and let's say the chiefs also end up 15 and one and the chiefs get the first round by in that case, the Steelers might, you know, they might say to themselves, like we have to go 16 and zero to get the one seed, which is crazy <laughs> prospect. I think crazy concept. Yeah. Yes, it is. Well, last year, right, the Ravens were fourteen and two. So in order to get the buy, you would have had to be fifteen and one. Yeah. If it, if it was only one buy, right? So that does happen, like where you have to have these crazy. But, but sixteen and zero is something new. Something it, completely different, other level. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. So, what do you guys think? Should we continue or should we stop it there? What's the consensus on this? So whatever you guys. We haven't gotten to the Ravens receivers. We definitely got to get to that. Yeah, we. Um, I keep going a little bit. Let's let, well. Let's keep going a little bit. Um, but okay, I'll roll yeah, into the receivers. About, yeah. Roll into the receivers a little bit. Okay, fine. So yeah, well, well, I'll take care of the Ravens receivers. So this is, in my opinion, the reason the reason that the Ravens are where they are is simply because the lack of play at the receiver position, and I don't think there's any question about it. That is their biggest weakness. And especially with the loss of Nick Boyle a few weeks ago, Nick Boyle was that guy. He can block. He can. He had a lot of clutch third down conversions. Sort of a security blanket next to Mark Andrews. Like he's really Lamar Jackson's main security blanket. And you could see that. Like 
there's no doubt that he, he relies on the tight ends. He relies on Mark Andrews. He relies on, on, on Nick Boyle. And it, for, for whatever reason it is, I really liked Hollywood Brown. I raved about him last year. And I, I think he's a good he's a good route runner. He never drops balls. He did, he did it last week, albeit against the Patriots two weeks ago. But he doesn't really drop too many passes. He's very quick. You know, I, he can run past the defense. He did this past week. He ran past defense, and Lamar was a little late on a pass. Um, so I, I do think he's a very good receiver, and he has potential. But he hasn't really been getting open so often. And Willie Sneed is not a great route runner. And out of those wide receivers, other than Hollywood Brown, they don't know when they can run a half-decent route. And whatever you want to say about Lamar Jackson, if you take a look down the field, there's no one open on the sidelines. There's no one open. He, they have, he has one deep threat, and other than that, nobody else can run routes for the life of them, no other wide receiver. So he's thrown to Mark Andrews half the time, and the other half is thrown to J.K. Dobbins or, or Mark Ingram. So what, what is Lamar supposed to do? I think Lamar is, is struggling this year. He's regressed dramatically. But, Meisty, don't you think, like, they, they got to, in the offseason, they got to improve that, the receiver position. Wouldn't you agree that that's the biggest weakness right now? Yeah, the, I mean, this has been a day one issue for the Ravens. They've never had a good wide receiver. It shocks me. They're so good at the draft, and they just can't draft a receiver. Um, and, and they always get these washed-up old guys to play. And I'm not saying Des Bryant's bad. He made some great plays. But, you know, it's like Steve Smith. It was good, but it wasn't enough. It's uh, he Des also Bryant. Had a, he had a costly penalty on the, that two-minute drive to, that um, – Set us back to the false start, but you know I'm not I'm not blaming. Uh, so the question I do have, I really I really need to look into it. Is it is it the Ravens receivers aren't getting open, or is Lamar missing throws? I know Lamar is missing throws. How bad is he missing throws? Or is it? Listen, I I saw we we all saw Hollywood drop a ball. We all saw it, right? Okay, the question is, is okay. So that's his only pet. He's getting such so, so little targets. It, it's. It doesn't. Something's off, and the question is what. And the Ravens will have to look into that as a team, clearly. Um, and it's definitely something that, that will have to be adjusted in the off season. I don't think there's much they can do at this point. Unfortunately for them, they didn't get D Hop in the off season. They, they tried getting Julio in a trade, but weren't willing to give up six draft picks. Yeah. So at this point, I mean, there are guys going to be in free agent. You know, there will be free agents. I think this year in the receiving core that you can go out and get. But it's hard to find a guy in the draft for the Ravens, and it's hard to find any good receiver in the draft because there's so many guys, and, and it's, you know, Miles. Unfortunately, Miles Boykin isn't playing much, uh, you know, up to his name. There could have been – that could have been a, a huge, a huge upgrade for the this year, especially if he could have had a little bit of a breakout year, especially a better year than last year. He, I mean, he's six what, he's 6'5", 280, like just – just run, man. Just play. It, it's so unfortunate, but it, it, you know. But that's where the Ravens are, and and like you said, yes, he's gonna have to keep dumping it off to his running backs. He, I, I'm not. I'm not the play call expert. I only know play calls from Madden. But <laughs> quick slants work very good, and if he just hits Hollywood on those quick slants, I, no. But the truth is, I really don't see. I don't see much than just basic running, basic routes being run. Like like it is a Madden game, and it's just. Like why there's no there's no up at the line there's no one crossing across the field constantly like get movement on the line get the get the defense confused you know throw some trickery in there how about have Hollywood throw the ball to Mark Andrews Ooh. have Mark Andrews throw the ball any of these things just <laughs> throw little things in there to do, it's clearly not working make it work have that you need that spark and if you're not looking for any you're just gonna keep going to the same dump off teams are gonna know yeah I mean. 
like you were saying, the, I love motion when, when you can see teams just incorporating that, make it simpler for the quarterback, maybe make it a little easier for him to read what the defense is giving you. You know, you can see if it's man or zone, make simple route concepts. It's okay to, to make it simpler for Lamar, even his third year. Like it's sometimes uh, takes, takes a little longer to, to understand the game. And I, I definitely think he understands the game, but, but we just need, need the receivers to separate like, like Rocky, like you were saying, like these guys are not the best route runners and not creating a lot of space for themselves. Lamar is missing some throws, but, but um, they're, some of them are just not getting open and Mark Andrews is great, but, but if he gets doubled, he can effectively get, get taken out of the game. And if he's your, your go-to guy getting taken out of the game and then your other receivers aren't, aren't separating, it's going to be really hard to pass the ball. And although we drafted, um, Hollywood Brown to I think we we definitely draft him in the in the similar vein of Tyree Kill type, small fast guy, who you know he's pretty small coming into the league, but he just bulks up as as he gets older, and gets more playing time in the league, and just just a blazer, and you know defense is terrified of his over the top speed, but um and I totally thought with them practicing down in Florida over over quarantine, I thought they'd have like an amazing connection in the NFL, but right now it's not really translating hopefully they can work on that rapport and it'll get better but like lastly like <laughs> you were saying rocky with with the uh the steelers and their playmakers and wide receivers i don't know what it takes but we got to get whoever their scouting director is or whoever their wide receivers coaches <laughs> got to pay him whatever it takes and just poach rumor him. has it he makes bill belichick money yeah i'm saying well <laughs> I, that's worth it that's worth it like he, they are incredible at finding these receivers. I mean, they found Claypool out of Canada. Like it's, just, it's ridiculous how they hit almost That's every disgusting. single guy. And they find guys and Antonio Brown, a sixth round pick, like from nowhere. Manuel Sanders. I would say they don't spend it up in the draft. They Crazy. get linemen. They get their defense in the draft. They they wait all. You don't need. I always say this all about the draft. You don't need the first guy. You need what you you know. You need you need the the best player. That was always the Ravens thing. Get the best player. Hayden Hurst was the best player in the draft at the time. That's what he thought. That was the best player on the board, and that's where he went. You know, so so best player on the board. That's why Chase Young should have gone over Joe Burrow this year. Well, that one was questionable. And Morty Graham will tell you otherwise that Joe, that Chase Young should have gone first. I, I agree slightly. Happens to be this year the Bengals really need a quarterback. Yeah. Um. But but the the football team's getting a, a great deal with Alex Smith at the quarterback. They didn't need a quarterback, so that would have just been a waste. That literally would have been a waste of a spot because they would have had Joe Burrow and Alex Smith. And Alex Smith is just playing fine. He's getting back into the game. Um. But the, the draft to me is like you can get to anyone in the in the seventh round, sixth, fifth round, and they're just going to be studs. That's because they came out to play. They're here to play just like everyone. Yeah, I, I, I was going to mention what you said, you know, like, we need the Steelers scout. We have the opposite problem. The Steelers are extremely good at generating wide receivers. We are very good at generating um, defensive talent, specifically pass rushers. Think about it over the, 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 uh, the last 10, 15 years, okay? Jared Johnson plays at a high level, big contract. Paul Kruger plays at a high level when they won the Super Bowl, big contract. Arthur Jones, um, the guy that plays on Philly. Uh, actually, Pernell McPhee, right? That's happening. He got a big contract, came back to the Ravens, but he got a big contract as well. And you can, it's over and over again where these pass rushers, you know, they, they, for, for two or three years, they, have, they, they, they play big and then they get big contracts. And they don't play nearly as well on other teams. 
And the same could be said with the Steelers receivers. They don't. Look what happened to Antonio Brown after. I mean, there's other problems there as well. But you know, with a lot of the Steelers, Emmanuel Sanders is another example. With a lot of the Steelers receivers, once they leave the Steelers system, they don't have the same success. And you could say that with the Ravens too. So the Ravens have strong suits. Ozzie has been great at drafting talent on certain sides of the ball. But for whatever reason, like you said, Mike Steve, they failed on so many receivers. And I like Hollywood Brown a lot, like you said. He has the speed to take off the top of the defense. I still think he's been playing pretty good this year, playing all right. But I expected more from him, and I think we all did. And uh, hopefully we can still see that potential through. You mentioned not the targets, see. So it's 32 receptions on 59 targets this year. Four, 430 yards. Like, it's, it's mediocre, you know? Like, his, his yardage is just up there with Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is a tight end. So, it, 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 number one, it shows how heavily they rely on Mark Andrews. But number two, it shows that Marquise Brown is not playing his game because he's a deep threat. That's what he's supposed to be. He, incredible speed. I mean, him and Lamar Jackson, that would be a good race. I would like to watch that. So, you know, I, it, there's a lot of concerns there. And outside of Mark, Marquise Brown, they don't have anyone that can even remotely run a route. Willie Sneed is a possession receiver. He'll catch the ball if he's open, but how often does he get open? Duvernay is uh, – nobody knows anything about him. Really? And, then, and then Boykin also is a big question mark. So – they're going to need to, to you know, give a talent in the offseason. The question is really going down the stretch of this season. Is it good enough to to propel them? You know, yeah. that, that's the last that, – that, we'll end off with that. Like, do you, do you think this receiver group, it, it's not very good. Um, but do you think, Yehuda, that it's at least good enough uh, where if Lamar plays at a high level, they can have success? And I'm not saying Lamar is going to, you know, become Tom Brady overnight, but he's going to be a top-10 passer down the stretch, let's say. Say top ten passer and rush rush effectively like he always does. Do you think they can have success with that formula? So I think for as good as the Steelers' defense is, their weakness is in the secondary. Besides Ferminka, so can have some success against the Steelers. And then the rest of the schedule seems pretty easy. Most of those teams are in the bottom twenty, you know, in regards to to giving up passing yardage. Uh, the the Giants and Browns might be sneaky good defenses, but like. You know, play the Bengals, the Jaguars, and the Cowboys. Like you got, gotta, gotta come through against yeah. those defenses in the passing game. But um, not that I'm not giving up on this year at all. But if I'm Eric DaCosta for next year, EDC, he's got to work some magic. He's got to. What I would do is focus all your efforts on getting Allen Robinson. Like most receivers do not like. I would I would think would not like to come to a hugely large rushing offense because you know they, they want the ball in their hands they want to catch as many passes as possible but he is a little bit older and he is a possession guy and he seems to be pretty unselfish and like underrated put put your head down work type receiver so he is a perfect big body guy that could be a good target for Lamar Jackson and I think it might be worth it for the Ravens to look into that even though he might be asking for a little more to play in a team that you know, because he's not going to get as many passes, so he's going to be like, "You got to pay me more." But I think that might be a worthwhile investment for Lamar Jackson for the team heading forward. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, we'll end off with you, Mike. What do you think? Do you think that the Ravens' passing game, if Lamar plays at a top ten level, like I said, let's say he's the tenth best passer in the league, and he rushes at an effective level, not a spectacular passer, but a good solid passer like he was last year, even with the lack of talent at the receiving position, do you think they can have success and maybe even make some hay in the playoffs? Yeah, of course they can. Like if, if Lamar, all it takes, I think at this point is Lamar Jackson hitting deep, deeper throws. Just, just, just accuracy. If Lamar is hitting guys in the numbers, there's no reason guys are dropping balls. I mean, these are NFL players, you know. Um, 
it's even little kids have trouble dropping a ball, <laughs> hitting him in the chest, you know? So, so it'd be hard for, so it, that's where it comes down to. If Lamar Jackson's accuracy is on, unstoppable. Because then we know how it is. If his accuracy is there, the running, his running game, he can literally, if he throws for 250, that means his rushing game, he could literally also have 100 yards rushing because you can't, you're just going to let him throw? No. And also, now you let him throw. Now you're, you know, now you let him run and off he goes. Hey, to me, it's all in Lamar's accuracy. Okay. Yeah. That's a fair point. Um, it, Lamar has to be accurate and more consistently. You know, he's got the arm, he's got the talent, he's got the leg, he's got everything. He's just, the psyche sometimes isn't there. And it's cliche, but it's just, for some reason, it's not consistent. He has big-time throws like he did this week, and he has disastrous throws like he did this past week. So we'll have to see how that plays out down the stretch. I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, we're good to go? Yeah? Okay, so I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, Yehuda, thank you so much for joining us. Cool. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, I Quick score prediction. I'm going to say 27-24 Steelers, I believe, unfortunately. But if we pull off a pristine coaching job, then I think that that uh, score would be switched and, and the Ravens win 27-24. But I'm not holding out too much hope, unfortunately. Fair enough. Nice. Uh, I'm going to have to I, – I was I've been trying to think of a score. Well, first of all, this will reveal one of your bets this week. Against I, know, I know. I know. The bet against the line, five and a half I have on ESPN. You have four and a half, I have five and a half on ESPN. Let's say five and a half. Will they cover? For the sure. Ravens for sure cover for that. Sure. I think the Ravens for sure cover that. That's just like that's that's a huge. That's like a real. That's a blowout. I mean, if it's if it's not within five and a half points, I'm serious. That's a blowout. Like yeah. it, obviously, unless it's a, a you know a last second touchdown and tie game, fine. But if it's anything more than seven points at the end of the game, five points, whatever, it, it, no way. That's a, that should no way be anywhere close. Even as bad as the Ravens, you know, are on, or how bad they are on paper, doesn't matter. It's, this is uh, this is Ravens Steelers. When was the last time a game went with, with more than five points? Oh come, oh come on! But I do think the Ravens. If the Ravens, like you just said, if the Ravens win, if the, if John Harbaugh coaches it better, be, does better job coaching, or the coaching staff does a better job coaching, this this score would be. I'll, I'll give it uh, thirty-two. 28 Ravens. Okay. Steelers somehow get 28. I don't know how. They just just get 28. I have a four-point game, too. I have 25-21 in favor. So, uh, but I, I, because I I think they're going to cover that line, the Ravens, but yeah, I think the Steelers ultimately will come out on top. And uh, that's coming up in less than 48 hours. So that's very exciting. (laughs) Uh, I I have one more thing. I, I told our listeners in the past, to uh, hop on the Baker train, it's time to hop off. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I took it one stop. It was a bumpy ride. It never worked out after that. Yeah, you got to get off. We'll have to get to the other games. You're right. You mentioned Baker and the Browns. That's something I want to discuss. But we'll have to get to the other games at a different point. Maybe we'll get it this week. Maybe next week. We'll see. Anyway, um, we'll wrap it up there. So thank you, Huda, for joining us. Talk Ravens football. This was great. Hopefully, we'll do it again next week. We'll talk Ravens football. We'll talk all football on a separate podcast, hopefully, if we're able to go ahead and do that. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on your preferred platform. Remember to follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, at Rocky and Meisty. Text us, 8109-96162. WhatsApp us, 
And uh, if you made it this far through the podcast, thank you so much for listening. And uh, enjoy. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Hey, guys. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Go Ravens. Happy holidays. Go Ravens.